five. It's week four. We're live. Um, hopefully, everyone's been enjoying this series of unnamed discussions. Um, looking at Rich's background now, can you? What is that, Rich? I think my green screen isn't uh, fully set yet. No, it's not the green screen. What is? Oh, the background. Yeah. Uh, come on, that's a uh, succession. Oh, you know what? This is embarrassing, but I, I still haven't watched Succession. You're Wait, kidding me. I, I know. You haven't even started? No. I, I can't watch scripted TV anymore. I, I, can only watch, I can only watch sports in the news. I don't know. And, and this whole pandemic thing just escalated that. Now I watch every single um, cable news network, in, including Fox News. I don't, I, I won't watch like Hannity or anything, but like. Succession is a great weekend binge. I mean, you will go through it so fast because you know, it's so obvious who they are basically calling out in each episode. And it's just, it's amazing. It's All amazing. Right. So what happened this week? I, I think this, there were two conferences this week, which we got um, right after earnings. So plenty of more boring ass calls to listen to. Not as exciting as our light shed lives, of course. Um, I mean, it was amazing how much I listened to a bunch of them and there's literally just zero new information. It sounded like people were like falling asleep on, on the calls. There's nothing literally to talk about. Look, the only thing good was that literally the only thing funny or fun that was, you know, kind of um, playful new information was John Stanky dropping a little bomb on Amazon that they don't have a deal for HBO Max. But like beyond that, there was nothing all week. Literally, there was nothing all week that I wrote down that was meaningful. And, and the, funny about the, stanky, the funny thing about the Stanky one was like, there was like no follow-up question. He dropped this little nugget in the middle of it. Um, did it even trigger an 8K? No, but like literally my jaw drops. I literally start tweeting instantly. And the, the questioner literally just moves on like it was no big deal. Like, ah, like let's just move on to the rest of AT&T. Right. It, was, it was amazing, amazing. You got to press the interviewee, another thing we do on Light Shed Live that others don't do. But Look, interestingly, Rich, um, didn't Roku just put out a release regarding the whole HBO Max situation? Yeah, That's well, kind of real-time news as to when we're recording this. Well, you know, I think what's interesting, Brandon, is what, we, what I thought was interesting about Stanky's comment was he didn't actually mention Roku. Like he said, we know they put out a deal the other day with Apple. They struck a deal with Google and Charter. But there's really three big companies they don't currently have a deal with, Amazon being obvious. So they don't have a deal with Amazon. and They don't expect to, it sounds like. He didn't mention Roku and he didn't mention Comcast. Those are the kind of the two remaining elephants in the room. And so Roku basically put out a statement uh, in the last 24 hours saying, we, in fact, do not have a deal to carry HBO Max at launch. And, you know, what is it? We're, we're on the 15th. So we're literally less than two weeks away from the launch of HBO Max. And so to me, that was this, literally the single biggest thing that came out of the conferences this week. And there was no discussion of it during the actual, you know, the actual interview that happened, which was amazing. Today's the 15th. That is a good reminder. It's actually my mom's birthday. I better call her. Thanks for saying the 15th, Rich. Okay. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Now, now, what day of the week is it, Brandon? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move, let's move on to our slides of the week. What's up first, Rich? Okay. Uh, we've got Bundesliga. Walt, you want to start? 
Walt's the only one who cares. There was a lot of people on Twitter that when the Bundesliga 2 team had the guy test COVID, COVID positive, that we're, we're calling for the end of the Bundesliga. Well, what all, is Bundesliga 2? For, for a novice Bundesliga fan second, in Rich Greenfield. It's, it's the minor leagues in Germany. And, no one, and the minor leagues in Germany relative to, let's say, the UK is very different in terms of the quality of the teams. But look, all over Twitter, I may call these people out for their freezing cold takes. We're saying that Bundesliga was going to be canceled. We're less than 20. Not, I shouldn't jinx it, though. Less than 24 <laughs> hours. I am very excited about it. I've adopted Team Dusseldorf. <laughs> Why, team. Isn't that kind of a very industrial city? And you're not really an industrial guy, Walt. Well, I have a second team that's in a nicer, in a nicer area. But Dusseldorf <laughs> is a beautiful city as well. Wait, have you been to Dusseldorf? Like, wait, wait. Have you been to Dusseldorf? I'm sure at some point during my <laughs> youthful backpacking times i may have hit that Dusseldorf, i think of these images in in like craft work well actually one of the founders of that of that band died uh recently but with like these big smokestacks that's how i think of uh, Dusseldorf. yeah I, but let's let's talk about what you actually care about which is liverpool like that is where you are obsessed well first of all this is the dominant the first domino and then there was the second domino talking about how the government is, is fine. Now the leagues themselves have to agree upon whether the EPL can come back in mid-June. But look, this is all the bigger picture here of getting some type of sports back and the first canary in the coal mine in terms of trying to make this happen. But the interesting wrinkle about EPL coming back, which I've never seen, is the government says, yes, it can come back with all the safety precautions, but they actually want the games, which are normally broadcast on Sky as a pure subscription service, a premium service. They want the games being broadcast free over the air. Uh, the minute I tweeted this out, the, the quick response was, I'm not sure this is going to be so easy, given this requirement to put them free to air. And so I, I don't know enough about this I yet. Mean, it's a unique situation in the UK because in, um, they do not broadcast games because they want fans to actually go into the stadiums. That's what is one of the great things about the EPL. It creates a great atmosphere at every match that, that you would go to. So it's unique in that, in that regard in terms of changing, letting the fans who can't go to the game watch their own teams where they live. And the other, the other people can't actually go to stadiums. That's the idea that these right. are going to be fanless stadiums. The other topic, again, as we brought up earlier, is that somebody tested positive in – in the minor leagues there and again and we could we could move to the next slide which which is ufc to give people like a preview um there was someone who tested positive in ufc and both and yet both of these are continuing on so the sports that are coming back are comfortable with the idea of that there are going to be positive tests removing the players that are positive testing others and just and keeping going. And this came up yesterday in our Light Shed Live, where I think it was the University of Texas AD. We we asked her uh, on on this topic. Point blank, what happened? Yeah, right, and she was like, "Positive test. Okay, that person won't play, and we're we're gonna move on." But I think what's I mean, interesting I think that's is amazing, that's an amazing change, Brandon. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone thought that. It was this kind of basketball thing. Oh my God! If one if one player tests positive, that kills everything. And we had we've had people again fear mongering on this even a week ago at the Bundesliga too. Yep. And clearly these sports want to move forward. 
Well, but Adam Silver came out, I think, publicly. I, I, was, I think it was a few days ago. I don't have the tweet. But Adam Silver made a comment that if we're going to shut this down the minute somebody tests positive, we probably shouldn't start at all because it's highly likely that somebody's going to test positive. And so if, if you're that concerned about each individual person, you can't restart sports. And so I think that's been the change over the last four to six weeks is that there's the, the, the acceptance of the fact that people are going to test positive and you'll just keep testing and try to quarantine as best as possible rather than shutting down completely. I mean, what's amazing, though, is that that's the attitude at a major university where yep. the, the, the kids are not getting paid, Sure. right, number one. And number two, they're kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> and let's part of a very large, especially in the case of the University of Texas, a very, very large community of, of people who are on campus. But let's go, let's go even crazier because the reality is a few hundred people playing football you know, in a, in, a, in a set of games or you know, talk about, I don't, you know, what is it, 50 people, 60 people probably is what will fill up for, for Bundesliga. Maybe it's 100 people with, with all the staffs that are involved. But then if you look at our next slide, what's really crazy is you look at you know, Disney reopened in Shanghai this week. And so this is live, this was actual pictures from Monday's grand opening in Shanghai. And you can see they're taking people's temperatures with technology. You can see people are showing signs that stay six feet apart. They're putting squares on the ground. You know, CityWalk opened up in U Universal in Orlando this week, which is sort of the shopping area. Disney opened up Disney Springs, which is a similar shopping area. But, you know, you can see like they're putting kind of stickers on the ground so that people stay distance. And sort of the, the question that I keep struggling with is, you know, how do you scale this up to, I think, Shanghai does 88,000 people a day. Orlando, Disney World, I don't know the numbers for, for Universal, but Disney does 155,000 people a day. And so all of this sort of social distancing um, works with a few thousand people maybe, but does it work with tens of thousands of people? Yeah, that, I don't know, that, that amount of social distancing as indicated by the squares on the ground and put the slide back up one more time, Rich. Um, sure. you're going to probably have to reduce capacity for at least some amount of time if, if you want, if you want to stick to it. I it's just want to, where's, where's the uh, universal one? I want to look at something. I want to make sure, I want to make sure everyone's wearing a mask in here. You got almost everybody wearing a mask. I think that the one on the top left slide, bottom left corner, no mask. Stripes. The stripes got no mask, but most people have a mask. Yeah. And, and to be clear, masks are required, both Shanghai and Universal. You have to wear a mask other than when you're eating. So was she rule. just tasered within like five minutes of that picture <laughs> being taken? She spontaneously evaporated right after this was taken. <laughs> I tell you what, though, the worst part of Disney, I went a couple years ago versus like 10 or 15 years ago, is how, how crowded it is. I mean, it's ridiculously crowded. So I think they'd have to cut their... their um, the amount of people coming in by like 50% even come close, this is personal opinion, yeah. even come close to what the social, if they did that, however, I'd be fired up to go if they cut 50% of the people to go, to go there to, to, cause it's like, it's impossible even to get around the way they were loading. The but, but just realize they're also taking 50% of the seats out of the attractions. Right. Uh, so you're saying the lines and the weights could still be an hour and a half. Waiting in a line hour and a half, six feet apart. I'm just doing the math. I'm just doing the math. If it's every other row in the ride and you're cutting half the people on a peak day, I don't know how actually short the lines are going to be. So 
it's a nice theory. Now, look, Shanghai isn't doing, I think Shanghai, it's 30% is the government limit. They're doing a fraction of that. So it makes sense that it, there's literally no lines. So your theory of like, it's easy to get on rides certainly played out on day one. Or just walk around. Like it, right. walking around Disney, like it's just mobs of people. You can't even get from point A to Especially B. Especially when they got those turkey legs that are really big and they're like holding it all the way out here. You, can, you can't even avoid someone's elbow. By the way, the beer at the UK pub at Epcot, the beer there is, is for real. That's good stuff. And since I can't fly to the UK, I could drive to Florida, go to Epcot, and have a nice, a nice uh, bitters at the pub and watch some EPL. Let's make it happen, Rich. Yeah, right. I think, I think if Rich – so you want to talk about tasering. If Rich showed up at Disney World, there would be, like, guys who are dressed as stormtroopers – and instead of guns, they'd have tasers, and then he'd be in a net somewhere in the back. I think his, his picture's probably up on some of those, some of those screens. <laughs> Is Ledger going to Disney World to celebrate his uh, exit from uh, T-Mobile? He's down in Florida, so maybe. Maybe. This is, this is a view. What we're looking at now on the screen, Rich is pushing our topics along quickly, is Ledger's uh, apartment in Florida. I guess it's a house in Florida, probably, um, where he got all of his shit shipped to him from his um, T-Mobile office in Seattle. Play the video, Rich. I'm trying. I don't know why it's not playing. Hold on one second. All right. Well, Hold on. Video's uh, not important. The question no, no, now is, it's playing. Viewers, you could see that we don't do multiple tapes. There we go. So many memories. All right, whatever. So that's a bunch of T-Mobile stuff. He's going to give it away. The question everyone wants to know, because he just left the T-Mobile board early, is what is next? Uh, for John Ledger in terms of the CEO. He's clearly he, going to be doing something. He's not, he's not retiring. Not retiring. By the, the way, comes that, on, I go on these he's on, and the one thing that's brought up the most is Twitter. By the way, do you People see all this to... merch he has? Look at I am not kidding. I think I saw a Twitter bird at the beginning of this. Hit play again and look on the left. Wait, hold on. Hold Sorry on, to make people watch this again, but I think I saw a Twitter bird. Now, I personally don't believe Twitter is the destination. A, a Twitter bird? Where? No, there was some blue. You're right. Uh, there, was blue. <laughs> there was Twitter blue. Oh, there, there is. Was, that Twitter. There, yeah, yeah. there was. There's a Twitter like it almost looks like maybe it's a memorialized tweet or something. Good that's spotting, Brandon. That was amazing. That's great eyes, Brandon. That, that's literally you know, incredible. I opened my eyes and I saw it anyway. That's pretty good spotting. He's foreshadowing where he's going next. <laughs> There's an <laughs> Easter egg in the Twitter in the, in the Periscope. Oh, People want to is... go to Twitter. I'm on these Periscope, and that's in the comments. Why, why should he not go to Twitter? Well, he does understand Twitter. The use of the, the medium, uh, probably other than our president, probably is one of the best users of the platform to communicate that I've seen. So uh, he certainly has that going for him. Um, I don't know. Look... Twitter's on, in a much better place right now than it's, and then it's been in, in, in several years. But certainly, you know, there is a part-time CEO or a split CEO in Jack Dorsey having a full-time CEO. I, I'm sure there's not one investor that wouldn't love a full-time uh, CEO who also has amazing relationships on the marketing side. Uh, it would be great for Twitter stock. I don't think it's happening, but it would be an amazing, uh, you know, uh, development for Twitter stock for sure. And then Galloway could take a victory lap of like, oh, I told you, we got him out of there. 
Yeah, you, look, you I think would love the, to do that. The challenge is, and I think you see this with Snapchat, with Twitter, even with Facebook, these are product companies and, you know, the, the, the product people, you know, and, and Jack are so important to the underlying service itself. I, I don't think you can separate Twitter from Jack. So if Jack left, I, I would be really disappointed and worried about Twitter, even if, even if uh, Ledger was coming in. If, if there was a sharing of power, that would be really interesting. But I, I can't imagine Twitter without Jack. I think that would be, yeah. I'm sure people would, I'm sure there may be some people that would celebrate. I would think that that is a huge a mistake and a, and a huge step in the wrong direction. But what Ledger can do, I think the biggest problem with Twitter is that it, it is an amazing utility. Um, everyone knows of Twitter, but there's still a lack of un fundamental understanding among people of how to use it. And Ledger is a great communicator and makes things very simple. And he probably would be a very good brand ambassador for, for Twitter. And the other company that need the other company that needs a lot of brand help is Uber. And that's <laughs> and I mean, the just got there. That's your company though. Well, what well, do you they're also going to need to convince people to come back into Ubers. I mean, even when the brand, you know, forget about the brand side of it, they also have to change behavior back to getting into other people's vehicles. Sure. But that's part of getting, like, look, he got people back into using T-Mobile where they had kind of cast it aside as something that they wouldn't want to do. This guy. He also, he also has an employee base that they've been, they've been laying people off, furloughing them for yeah. a while. You've got drivers that are like kind of anti, I mean, that could be an interesting situation for him. It's also a company that SoftBank has an investment in. There's a decent relationship clearly there because he bailed them out of the Sprint investment. So could be an interesting one for him. I mean, WeWork is still going to need some help, I suspect. I mean, are, are we ever going back to our WeWork? <laughs> I really hope not. I really enjoy not seeing uh, you every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's talk. Uh, let's go to gambling. Sports betting. So this is a slide. Darren Ravel saying that shares of DraftKings skyrocket after billionaire George Soros disclosed he's a big investor. Patriots own its owners shares are now worth 96 million Disney shares of DraftKings now top 500 million. Remember, Disney didn't want to invest in DraftKings. They on grounds that they didn't want to be invested in gambling, but Fox did. And when Disney bought Fox, they acquired uh, Fox's stake in DraftKings, which is obviously now worth half a billion dollars, which is pretty amazing. So this amazing. is the most value add thing that they got from that Fox acquisition? A hundred percent. No, no, no. Sorry. Second. The, the, the Simpsons. The Simpsons. They got the Simpsons. It's just in the Simpsons. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I mean, I think the question becomes, do states legalize gambling faster now? I mean, that's the question every investor is asking us. Is I that the... Look, I mean, I... Uh, you know, I watch the, pro, uh, the Cuomo press conference every day, and he's talking about the state budgetary shortfall. Two things are going to need to happen, um, or two, there are two paths to closing some of it, not all of it. One is legalization of gambling. The other is legalization of marijuana. Is you're, you're, you're an advocate of both, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to play on stereo. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just, I'm just trying to be open and honest. So, <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, that is a, a path to close to closing some of these budget deficits. No, and you have a lot of stocks. I mean, it's not just DraftKings, right? I mean, Barstool was acquired by Penn, 
very much because of the perception of what would happen to legalization. And if anything, it looks like legalization is going to be on, you know, turbocharge coming out of this. Be expedited, period. Okay, let's talk about something else that's kind of um, happening kind of because of COVID, which is that happened to me this week. So my daughter goes, I need to play Animal Crossing. She started playing it on her iPhone. I got it for her. She loves the game. She goes, Daddy, all my friends are playing it on Nintendo Switch. Can you get me a Nintendo Switch? And so what do I do? I go on to every website I can imagine. I can't find a Nintendo Switch anywhere. I tweet that I can't find a Nintendo Switch. And somebody says, go to this um, Zoo Alert tracker that basically tells you when there's availability. There's literally no place to buy a regular Nintendo Switch. Literally no place on planet Earth can you buy a Nintendo Switch. Well, that's not true, Rich. If you go on Amazon and, and you stop being cheap for another hundred, an extra hundred. No, $300. Extra $300. It says $349 right here for the bundle. Okay. You could get the bundle for $500 on Amazon for your daughter's birthday. You're making me very sad, Rich. So I bought I a Nintendo Switch, Switch Lite. I Switch here I could sell you too, Rich. I mean, we only need one. We have it hooked up to the television. We play a lot of Smash Bros to kill the, uh, the, the COVID time. So I get an extra one if you want. If you want what, what do I, what's, I'm going to undercut Amazon by like $2, Brandon. What are they charging? 500 $540 or something? <laughs> Brandon, why can't you get one? It, well, like, literally, why can't I get us? Like, why are there not enough Switches out there? I can buy well, a PS4 tomorrow. I think it's pretty obvious, right? First of all, it, during the pandemic, we going back to what we've talked about in in previous um, discussions, since we don't have a name for this, uh, this video game episodes, me- previous episodes, whatever, um, <laughs> video game, um, what should we call uh, engagement is is through the roof. Period. End of story. And one of the biggest games that has come out during the pandemic is Animal Crossing. And the IP um, that Nintendo has appeals to entire families that are stuck at home together. So it it makes sense. And Switches are, from from the supply side, have always um, kind of been a little bit challenged at times. So you you kind of add that all up. And yeah, it's going to be tough to get a Switch unless you spend that extra $150 that Rich isn't willing to spend. <laughs> but but I, iconic IP, theme parks opening up. I mean, Universal's opening up Nintendo Worlds, and I know we, who knows when theme parks open, but they are constructing places where Nintendo World's going to open. So the Nintendo IP is everywhere. It feels yeah. sort of the closest thing to Disney in terms of an IP creator for kids. Why is Nintendo a standalone public company in Japan? Well, because that's Nintendo's choice. And I, I go back to, I think there was one time I saw Howard Stringer, who used to run Sony speak, and he talked about uh, the culture in Japan, the corporate culture, and said that it's not necessarily about profits and maximizing shareholders, but it's also a little bit about what the, the national good is in Japan. A, keeping people in Japan employed, and B, protecting their best companies. And I think there's a lot of that. Um, that that is the reason this this asset hasn't been gobbled up because it is an amazing asset with IP that not only is appealing in a fast growing space um, in the interactive world, but is IP that can can be utilized in linear media 
and in theme parks as it is already um, with with Universal now. Uh, it's it just it's staggering. I mean, it's it's really hard to create IP, and it just this just seems like uh, this seems like an asset somebody should be overpaying for as an acquisition target but, beyond. But can they overpay? Uh, yeah. I I assure you that Comcast would love to own Nintendo. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to, we can, you know, this sort of ties Brandon to what you were talking about before of are we ever going back to our WeWork? Yeah. Twitter is telling all of its employees they can work from home literally forever. Well, Jack wanted this a long time ago. If you go back to the whole controversy over um, Africa, about him moving to Africa, he was saying this before the pandemic started. Um, which was a lot of foresight. You're giving Jack credit. I give Walt credit. I think Walt was sort of the master of working from home earlier on than anyone else I know. <laughs> well, among the five of us, he was. <laughs> um, but, but Jack predicted that this was the future and emphasized it like a month before the, this entire thing started. So kudos to Jack there who, you know, getting back to the whole, does Jack need to be replaced thing? He's clearly a visionary. You'll see more companies doing this, right? It's just obviously going to change longer term behavior in terms of where people are working and how they're working. And I guess bosses in some cases wondering whether their people can be more or less productive. I think what I've found prior um, to even this happening, and I think what everyone's now finding is that in some ways you can be even more productive at home. Obviously, not everyone is, um, has the same benefits that we do in terms of kids at a certain age and having the right broadband and all these different things. So clearly it doesn't work for everyone, but um, it certainly works for a lot more people than, than, uh, you know, than, than I think people expected. And look, video, this is new business models pop up. The Zoom has been great. I, I went on Facebook today, which was a complete mess, Rich, in terms of the layout, I thought. But desktop, not desktop. Facebook desktop. Yeah. Yeah. The desktop. Yeah. So, but they're like now pushing, like they have my six friends that were live. They wanted me to click on to try and, you know, get me to use their video. But, um, so obviously people are going to pivot a lot of their business models to try and benefit. I mean, I think the, when I think about the radio industry, the statistics they always cite even today is that the average American, I think 200 million people across the country listen to terrestrial radio and it's because they still spend an hour each way, morning and then an hour in the afternoon, two hours a day commuting. And, you know, you think about how much commuting time in terms of your, you know, your comment, Walt, about productivity. It's pretty amazing when you think about just the, the, the saved time of your day, not commuting and being able to just devote that to work or just, you know, just from a mental wellness standpoint. I don't know. It's really interesting to think about all the businesses, whether it's outdoor, whether it's radio, how many businesses are going to be impacted if a substantial number of people don't commute even if they still have an office, do they just go to it less? It is, is going to be very problematic for a lot of the businesses within the media universe, at least. Yeah. And how many people are going to permanently commute out of New York City yeah. as a result of this? Yeah, real, uh, yeah. real estate values are not a place to be bullish right now. Maybe it'll so be the we'll, first time ever that Westchester sees even a slight uptick in values in like a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. Walt, Walt, walk everyone through this ad you got today. I mean, this is an interesting segue from what we were just talking about. So Just Park, I actually, when I was in uh, Liverpool in early March, um, believe it or not, you know, the, getting around there is not easy. So you, if you have a car, you can basically park in someone's driveway. So Just Park is that. So 
what's interesting is now they're advertising um, to people in the UK, like, look, are you going to want to take an Uber or public transit? You'd rather just take your own car. Um, I mean, again, getting, getting back to whether people want to live in New York City or getting from point A to point B. Everyone's like, oh, Uber's a disaster. You don't want to, at some point, you have to get from one location to another. Maybe the auto industry is, is the one that benefits. Well, we've seen that already in Asia, right? Uh, I think auto sales have not only rebounded, but they're up significantly year over year. Um, so that, yeah, that's probably, I want to buy a car now. I've never wanted a car, but now I want a car. Right. Cause you don't actually want to be on public transportation. You do, you just, your, you, your whole perception of getting places has changed in the span of literally eight weeks. Yeah. So maybe Ledger should go to Ford or GM rather than Uber and revitalize those brands. Yeah. And GM's got this cruise operation that's working on autonomy. So you start by getting people that want to buy cars and then you pivot once autonomy is ready with cruise into pushing that. Look, maybe Ford or GM's the out of the box job for Ledger going forward. When's the earliest anyone has said autonomous, autonomous cars could really be something people this could year. have? It's, well, Elon, no, no, but, but really. Elon last year said that this year they'd have a 1 million uh, what are they, whatever he called them, auto taxis or whatever his word was for them. So, Elon a says a lot of things though, right? I mean, his Twitter feed has become literally priceless. But Let's now like, you know, yeah. these companies weren't firing people in the autonomous segment before and now they are, but you're right, Elon's Twitter feed. Do we even have those to bring up as a screenshot, Rich? Because Elon was in fuego yesterday with some of his tweets. With Portal, yeah. They were pretty amazing overall. Let me see if I can find one quickly. I don't know if I can get it this fast, but it was pretty amazing. Now he and Portnoy are good buddies. And Portnoy asked him to DM him next time he's going to, you know, say he's going to take out a company or something. In obvious, right here. I think. Here. I got, I got this at least. Hold on. We can, we can end with this one. This was Portnoy talking to Ilan. Well, yeah. The best part of that tweet, in my opinion, was the last part of it, where comfortably smug, a very big Twitter presence, <laughs> said he wants to make the West World real. have a check mark. <laughs> no more rockets or electric cars. It's time. You must make West World real. I think a lot of people uh, West World to be real. <laughs> That would be amazing. And with that, we're done with episode four. Was episode four. We really got to come weekend. up with the names. We do. Later, um, everyone. Bye. <laughs> See you.